0: Welcome to the Fantasy Addict Dynasty podcast with your hosts, Andrew Amor and
1: Frank Cicalise.
0: Alrighty guys, welcome into the Fantasy Addicts Podcast. Um, Andrew is the host today. Um, Frank's being flat out with work and and uh, recovering from the big C. So how are you feeling, Frank? Good to have you in.
1: Yeah, feeling back to 100% now, which is nice. I uh, got over that, back at work, been busy. So I appreciate you uh, going through and basically organising what we're going to be talking about today. Uh, I'm nice and ready, got a, all my points ready to go for you. So I'm looking forward to a good episode, mate.
0: All right, so um, we're going to attack a uh, a different kind of format this week. So we're going to uh, dive through our lessons learned and takeaways later on in the show. But um, to start, Frank, we'll, uh, we'll go through the news.
1: Here are your messages. You have 30 minutes to move your car. You have 10 minutes. Your car has been impounded. Your car has been crushed into a cube. You have 30 minutes to move your cube. Hello, Mr. Burns office. Is it about my cube?
0: Alright um first up Frank any uh wildcard weekend reactions for you with the news uh, i think the first 5 games was it 6 games now first 5 games ended um any takeaways from today's today's games
1: um i'll quickly get into the one that's pretty obvious um tom brady is still that guy um wasn't massive numbers he put up uh, today but got gets the job done he's just a winner um you know we saw pat mahomes he sent the steelers home pretty um ex- well expected honestly um the niners beating the cowboys could be a little bit unexpected bit of an upset but i think both teams are probably evenly matched heading into it and uh they were just too good to think the defense was good and uh They've got those, you know, good offensive weapons, even with Jimmy Garoppolo under center. They were a little bit too strong for the Cowboys. And, uh, yeah, I think that was, you know, it was a good wild card weekend. I mean, the Bills probably manhandled the Patriots, and then the Bengals ended up, you know, relatively convincingly beating the Raiders, but... The Raiders did put up a good fight. They were actually, you know, really impressive, as you know, considering how their season started. Their season started really well. They had that really rough patch in the middle with all the controversies and stuff like that, and they finished the season really well. So to get close to the Bengals was a good effort, but uh, nothing too surprising in Wild Card Weekend, honestly. Nothing too crazy, but it was still uh, really entertaining. What do you think, Andy?
0: Yeah, 100%. Um, I think uh, they should probably – I don't know. This could be hot takey, but – I don't like the seven, seven C getting in. Like the Eagles and Steelers just weren't, weren't up to it, in my opinion. Um, you know the Chargers probably should have been in, but you know they they choked. So can't get into that. Um, but yeah, all round good uh, weekend of games. Um, yeah, the big one was the Bills. You know, curb stomping the Pats. That was a surprise to me. I um I had a little sprinkle on uh, Patriots. Plus four and a half and uh that didn't that didn't uh, work out well for me, frank. <laughs> yeah
1: um, you needed point, you needed full plus 40 and a half
0: <laughs> yeah um, also
1: sprinkled eagles uh outright but we'll we will not get into that um
0: anyway next uh, next on the news is we're gonna go to the uh ncaA championship the uh georgia bulldogs the dogs won frank did you watch this
1: one or not really i didn't have a chance to stuck at work so just <laughs> one of those things where I just didn't get a chance to watch it I will watch the replay at some stage um hopefully look at some of the rookie prospects that are coming in next year um I heard it was a really entertaining game Uh, bit of, quite a bit of defense played actually you know normally we see college games they get out of hand very quickly a lot of points put on the board quite fast but both teams had really good defenses so I think there'll be a lot of those defensive personnel heading to the NFL you know when the draft season comes around What what exactly did you find um, interesting about the game? So, for someone that hasn't seen it, just what's the main points, would you reckon?
0: Yeah, what you said
1: is um, perfectly fine. Um, You know, there wasn't any Joe Burrow
0: light show kind of performance. Um, It was just that Georgia really won as a team, as a unit. Um, You know, they had production from the running backs, Zemir White. You know, we'll probably talk to him in our – talk about him in our rookie um, series that we've got going on. But, yeah. Nothing really to know. I really like the um, Alabama tight end, um, but you know he's still got a few years in that in that system. So obviously um, both quarterbacks are great, but um, not in the draft coming up. But Frank um, Jamison Williams tore his ACL. Uh, any takes about that? How do you think it um, knocks his um, draft stock or um, in your rankings coming up? Any um, any comments?
1: Yeah, thank you for reminding me about that, actually, because I did um, hear about it and then that made me really think. of, I sort of started to adjust my rankings. Obviously, nothing is concrete so far out from the draft and landing spots and things like that. With him tearing his ACL, I know a lot of people, a lot of film guys really, really like Jameson Williams. They've got him quite high up in the likes of the Garrett Wilson, Drake London tier of wide receiver. I think now that he's torn his ACL so late in the season, I think it's going to hurt his draft stock. Um, It could probably means for him that he's going to fall out of that first round of the NFL draft. If he was going to get taken there, I think that just means he sort of falls to maybe the back end of, you know, if you're playing in a 12 man dynasty league, you probably back end of the first round, maybe early second round now, as opposed to being that mid to late first round pick, if he had a good landing spot. So I think it just hurts his value a bit. Um, Again, if you know, you're a, the team that's got a lot of draft capital, you know, you're not having to have players contribute straight away. It could be a sneaky pick at a discount as well. I think, you know, ACL tears, they, you know, repair quite well these days. Um, He'll be back performing just as good as ever. I don't have any long-term reservations about Jameson Williams.
0: Yeah, 100%. He was well on his way to a good game as well. It was real disappointing. I think he had, like, four catches to close to 70 yards um, early, so... Um, he was he was someone I was really interested in. I don't have many picks in the in the rookie draft, but I was gonna um you know bring him forward as someone to look at. The receiving uh, class is obviously the strength, but um yeah I, I don't think you know don't really uh, fade him completely because you know it's an ACL modern modern medicine he'll be back. But yeah, you have to move him move him down a couple of spots if you had you know. Before this, you had him with you know one of the receivers close together. Probably just take the take the healthy guy at the minute and um you know stay away from that injury. But um, yeah, Frank, it just drops we that
1: Yeah,
0: hundred percent. Um, we'll move on to the uh, coaches that got fired, Frank. So um, I'll just run through them real quick. Uh, Urban Meyer, we knew that from Jacksonville. Mike Zimmer got fired from the Vikings.
1: This is all good um, news so far. Wow.
0: Yeah, exactly. Vic Fangio,
1: Denver Frank, he, oh, uh, fantastic. Got it's about damn time. Matt Nagy, the Bears. Got rid of oh, Christmas has come early. Yes.
0: Uh, Saquon owners, we're rejoicing because Joe Judge, he's gone. Um, and then two controversial ones. I thought was uh, David Cully for the Texans and Brian Flores from Miami. Um, any any takes here? Any uh, anyone? Oh, actually, we'll go. Who was the most stiff, Frank?
1: Oh, uh, Brian Flores, one hundred percent. Really, really hard done by. Um, I thought he's. I think he's a great coach. I mean, I would love for the Broncos to sign him, but um, I don't think that's happened. There hasn't been. He hasn't been linked there at all. But yeah, I think he's taken a relatively poor Dolphins team. I mean, the defense isn't too bad, but they've still got plenty of holes on the defense. They got the worst offensive line in the league. They got no talent, real talented running backs. The wide receiver room consisted of purely Jalen Model this season because Will Fuller can't stay on the field and Devontae Parker shows up about three times a year. And yet they still almost made the playoffs, probably unlucky not to make the playoffs, with Tua Tagovailoa under centre, who's shown flashes but can't throw the deep ball. And they still managed to They're, win like um, nine games every year. Did you hear this, sticking with Tua? What do, you, do you think that's a good move for Miami or not? Yeah, I think it would be. I mean, if you can get it, like I, it depends on what quarterbacks become available in the offseason. You know, there's been all the Deshaun Watson rumours. And apparently that was, that had a lot to do with Brian, Brian Flores. He wanted to get Deshaun Watson in. That's just what the rumours are. Um, if you can get Deshaun Watson, if you can get Russell Wilson, if you could get Aaron Rodgers, you'd obviously do that. I don't quarterback is what wins your super bowls. Um, you got to get the best quarterback in, but I don't think you're gonna find a better prospect. Look, I wouldn't spend my first round pick on one of the quarterbacks this year when you've got two of these. Probably just as good a prospect. He's already been in the offense. You can clearly win with Tua, despite some of his shortcomings. Um, you just you know add to that just to that offensive line. They just I feel like they consistently take offensive linemen in the second and third round and they just miss year after year. We'll have to get Maddie Barbs on the show to go through exactly how terrible it is. Because they just pump draft capital into the offensive line and then you find out like two years later they've been cut or they can't, you know, get any snaps. It's really quite poor. I don't know if it's coaching. I don't know what's going on down in Miami. But I think Tua deserves another season. As kind of yeah. lackluster as it is.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. I don't think I don't think that was the right move by Miami, but maybe they've got maybe they've got a plan, Frank. Um, I think the Tex, Texans guy was really stiff. Like he didn't do anything wrong with that with that roster, but um, yeah, you know, aren't they trying yeah. to
1: take? Yeah, aren't um, you trying to lose games? I don't understand. What I think you thought he did a good job.
0: Well, maybe they wanted to lose more games, and he won too many games, and they just uh they want to get rid of him. But Davis Mills looks all right. I thought he yeah, coached like, well. I know, yeah. I think I think they kind of had a, you know, not a terrible coach quarterback combo there, but um, obviously they're looking for improvements. But other than them two, like you know, everyone else is fair enough. Nagy's had his go. Fangio the same. Urban Meyer was a donkey. Joe Judge sucks and. Mike Zimmer's girlfriend, if you haven't seen her, she's she's smoking, but he yeah, he's <laughs> he's had a Frank, he's like 60 and it's it's ridiculous. But anyway, um yeah, he's had his chance, he you know couldn't get into the playoffs. That's a playoff roster, and um yeah. Uh, potential firings, Frank. I'm gonna list a name, you tell me if they're out
1: or not. Get Matt Rule out right now.
0: All right, that was the first first uh, get first him name.
1: out. Matt Rule garbage. Kansas. Garbage. I can't stress enough. The man sucks. The team sucks. The quarterback sucks. He gives Sam Darnold the biggest leash in the world. They, the, whole, the whole organization sucks. Trade Christian McCaffrey, get a first-round pick or something. I don't know. Blow it up. Free DJ Moore. Continue. Yep, Sorry, up. Andrew.
0: <laughs> no, no, you're all right. Um, Pete Carroll.
1: Oh, that's that's hard. That's hard because he's old, and they play terrible football. And Russell Wilson just carries him every year, but they just keep winning. Um, and he's a Super Bowl winning coach. I don't think they'll fire him. He's just too old. He plays boring mm, football. So
0: you, yeah, you think you think he'll get another go?
1: Yeah, he won't be gone. He'll be there next year. Uh, I don't know. Maybe if Russell Wilson leaves, they he moves he's on. Maybe out. why would he stay? I don't know.
0: But so you do think Matt Rule is gone? Like he's done?
1: Oh, I don't. I don't know if he will be. I would want him to be though. You just want him I think. To be I, think okay. I think. I think he'll be there still. All right. Um, Dan Campbell from the Lions. Oh no, nah, he's safe. I liked what the Lions were doing. I thought their defense was kind of underrated. I think. Um, <laughs> they really they struggled offensively because they don't they didn't have any offens like offensive weapons. I got TJ Hawkinson and DeAndre Swift, but at wide receiver there was guys like Josh Reynolds and Khalif Raymond. We saw Amon Ra, St. Brown come on late, but I think that was more a product yeah, of necessity.
0: a necessity. He had a great last month there. He was you know, buy him if you can dynasty. Um dynasty oh. listeners. You wouldn't. You'd sell. No,
1: no, I would probably sell high, honestly. I think he was a product of necessity. I think T we had they had TJ Hawkinson and DeAndre Swift out. And that's like what fifteen, twenty price probably like twenty targets a game that just got Jerry vacated. Pages. Yeah, no, I think he's good, but I don't think he's not a like, you know, he's not gonna Yeah, be, he's not an he's not he was alpha, like the wide he was like the top five wide receiver in the last like five weeks of the season. Like that's mm. not what Armin Ross St. Brown is, but You're happy to have him if you took him in, like, the third round of your rookie draft last year.
0: Yeah, if um, if the price is right. Yeah, if the price is right, Sal, if it's not, hold and just enjoy, I guess. Um, uh, Next one is Ron Rivera at Washington. you think he stays or
1: goes? Uh, I think he'll stay. I think they gave him a relatively long contract, if my memory serves me right. I think you don't sort of hire a veteran coach like that and, you know, you're there for the long haul. Once you, you sign a coach like that, that does have pedigree. It's been in the NFL a long time. You give them a leash. Like Vic Fangio got, you know, what three really poor seasons from in Denver. So, and he had half the resume that Ron Rivera, Rivera does. So, I think he'll have his time. Yeah.
0: Um, Falcons coach Arthur Smith. do You think he's he's safe? Uh,
1: I think he's yeah. So he was his first? Is it his first season in Atlanta? I, yeah. I think yeah, so. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not a fan of firing a head coach after one season unless it's Urban Meyer. Yep.
0: Um, I've I've got Robert Sala here, but I think he's safe. Like the Jets, he did pretty well with the Jets. And um, last one is the Raiders coach. Now we were arguing about how to pronounce his name. I think it's Reich Biscaccia. Frank, you're the Italian here. Can you? I think it
1: was was Rich Biscaccia, if I'm right. Okay. Do you think the Raiders stick with him? Oh, I think they should. I think they have to. Yeah, like, I, he's done everything. Like, what do you? What else do you want from it? I think he's yeah, been like fantastic. I, yeah, what that team's
0: gone through, you know, they've persevered. I, I don't know if it's the head coach or if it's just the players or it's, you know, the group. But, I, yeah, if it's not broke, don't fix it. I would, I would 100% keep him.
1: Yeah, and like, as a Broncos fan, I hate to say it, but, like, respect to Derek Carr and, like, a lot of the veterans on the defense as well. Like to what that team was going through they lost like you know obviously the henry Rudd situation obviously the john grin situation but like it kind of goes under the under the radar like their first round pick got cut because he was waving guns around and threatening people on like video Mm. they were just like losing talent left right and center like i don't know how good the guy was but it's crazy just say uh maybe that's what happens when you get a team in las vegas
0: yeah, exactly. Deshaun Jackson really just lifted lifted that organization, Frank. Uh, yeah, president. didn't he? Yeah. yeah. But um, anyway, that's that's all the news I've got. Um, you know, things to look forward to, uh, listeners, are you know the NFL playoffs. We'll probably keep recapping that, and the Senior Bowl coming up. A lot of draft prospects are going to uh, showcase their talents at that. I think that's early February. But um, other than that, not a whole lot going on. Uh, we might dive into a coaching episode later but uh we covered it pretty extensively there so um we'll move on to my segment frank you ready you excited oh always excited, oh, <laughs> all right um so we're doing a recap you know takeaways kind of kind of show so i've got our uh, our startup draft in front of me and i'm just going to run oh, through no. oh, yeah, I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna run through picks. You know, we can stop whenever it gets uh it takes too long. And all you have to say is good pick, bad pick. You ready? Uh, yeah, this will be good. Uh, our leagues, our league, it, looking back, it's it's not that bad. Our league is um there's a few whiffs, but we'll we'll yeah, we'll discuss it. All right, pick one, Patrick Mahomes. Uh, good pick. <laughs> you think he deserves to be the one one?
1: Uh I mean I can understand how some people have Josh Allen ahead. That's fair enough, but still Pat still Pat Mahomes for me. Uh, uh pick
0: two, Christian McCaffrey.
1: Oh, I mean, in hindsight, terrible pick, but I would have made the same no, no,
0: decision. So, so like we're like um going forward, like would you would you like recommend taking that person
1: now? Like the- oh. Definitely, definitely not. Not as low yep. as some people have him, but definitely not at two.
0: Yep. Uh, Josh Allen went at three.
1: Yeah, fantastic pick. Yeah, definitely at least three now.
0: Yep. Uh, Kyla went to yourself at four. You happy with that, or do you take that back now?
1: Oh, I think I still think those three quarterbacks are probably pick one, two, and three, so I think it's a great pick. Did not toot my own horn.
0: Yep. Uh, pick five was Saquon Barkley.
1: Oh, gee, No, nah, he's not. He's not there. He's back end of the second round now. Yeah, maybe can't. early third.
0: Uh, pick six to so Dylan Lawrence. His boy Alvin Kamara.
1: Yeah, I win now, team. But you probably there's probably there's more options that have jumped him now. But six isn't terrible. Probably a couple spots lower now.
0: Mm, I think I think he's probably probably ten picks a bit early. But you know, I, I'm not. You know, it's nitpicking. Like yeah, middle of the down. middle of the second. Yeah. yeah. Uh, JT when it's seven, gee, that's a slam dunk right now.
1: Yeah, it's a slam dunk pick. I wouldn't even like. I wouldn't be mad if someone took Jonathan Taylor one oh one, even in a superflex league. I mean, I can't blame you. I would still take the quarterback, but the the thoughts there.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. Gee, Matt, Matt nailed that one seven. I was I wasn't that high on JT, but there you go. Um, pick eight, uh, Justin Herbert.
1: Oh, great pick! He's higher than that now. Yeah, hundred
0: um, percent. So the first round's not too bad for us. For our yeah, we'll group.
1: we'll go through the second round. Yep, um, Darwin Cook. Yeah, he's a little bit lower than that now, but he's still alright. I think he'll bounce back. He's available. If, if any of league mates are listening, Burjo has made him very available.
0: <laughs> um, Lamar Jackson. 22. Yeah, good,
1: good pick, good pick. I'm in. I'm in on Do Lamar.
0: You have him in your top five. Um probably have Dak ahead of him. Dak probably you'd have Joe Burrow now or not really?
1: That's tough. That's tough because Joe Barrow's yeah, had a that's... really good year and he's got Jamar Chase, so he's just got and T he's got awesome weapons going forward. Um yeah. but Lamar Jackson, I don't want to easily forget what he did in his MVP season. Yeah.
0: Um so we got Jay Jett is at two three. Don't need to talk about that. He's he's probably the wide receiver one or two. Depends if you like him or uh, Jamar Chase more. Um, I took Dak at two
1: four. Is that a bit early for your taking for your liking, Frank? I mean, you probably have Joe right. Burrow slightly ahead now, but yeah, still a, still a good pick. I love Dak. I think he's a fantastic quarterback. Couldn't get the job done though this week.
0: Mm. Um, then it went. Uh, three running backs off the rear pier. So it went Derrick Henry, Cam Akers, Nick Chubb. All too high for you right now?
1: Yeah, you probably – probably the likes of DeAndre Swift, Javante Williams are probably ahead of those running backs now. Um, yeah. You know, obviously Cam Akers much lower than that due to injury, but, you know, mm-hmm. if it wasn't for the injury, he'd probably still be there on it in my mind. I don't know how the season would have gone. Yeah. But, yeah, just a few yeah. running backs have leapfrogged those guys. But those guys haven't moved too far down, you know, around a t- two rounds maximum they've dropped. Yep.
0: Um, then this pick proclaimed as worst on draft night by a few in the league, uh, Travis Kelsey at the back of the second
1: round. Yeah, um, shocking pick. Yeah. Just, I think, it, just I way- think it, was, it was bad when it happened. You know, he's a year yeah. older. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what Wheels does with him,
0: to be honest. But
1: like,
0: uh, anyway, we'll move on. Um, Najee Harris, three-one. I think I think you can take him way higher than that,
1: business. Yeah. Oh, sorry. He's he's another running back with DeAndre Swift and Javale Williams. They, those rookies that are now above those are three veteran running backs for sure. That probably be ahead of Saquon as well. He got taken at the one hundred and five.
0: Yep, then um the Amor brothers. Joel's not here tonight, but um he's here in spirit. We uh, we took three wide receivers off the rip here. AJ Brown, DK Metcalf, Tyree Kill. Frank, rank those players. Would you take them higher or lower than what we did in this draft?
1: Um I think they slide in right where I would have them still. So yeah, like good picks. I think I think Tyreek Hill still just gives you that massive upside. DK Metcalf and AJ Brown same as well. But they're the young, they're the younger, you know, more unproven. But they're still pretty proven um, players. Yeah, about there. I think that's a good, still a good value. Yep.
0: Um, I'd still have Tyreek one, Brown two, Metcalf three. I think.
1: Yeah, yeah, Yeah. Yeah, I would agree with that.
0: Yeah, um, then it went Clyde, Trevor Lawrence, CD Lamb, and Zeke Elliott to round out the third round.
1: Too high, too low on any of those? Uh, Clyde and Zeke are lower than that now, and uh, CD Lamb's probably there. He could be a little bit overrated at the moment, CD Lamb. He hasn't, um, quite. Put up as many fantasy points. He looks the part, and you know, but he, he hasn't is. been super inspiring. He's sort of just been there, and you're like, you know, he's good, but is he going to put out the monster numbers you expect? And you know, if you were to go try and trade for CD Lane, you're, you're giving an arm and a leg.
0: Well, he went at wide receiver five in this draft. Is that would you have him in your top five? Yeah, no, I probably don't. He probably falls just outside of that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. He's got so much talent and it's just I think that Dallas offense is almost like too good. There's just too many people.
1: Yeah they um, feed they
0: feed a lot of mounds. Yeah. Um Trevor Lawrence, we've talked him talked about him. Um you're still happy taking him what one, two, three, four, five, six,
1: seventh quarterback off the board? Seventh is probably yeah. a little bit high. He's still probably he's probably about 10 now. Yep. Probably a couple yeah, quarterbacks great. have um jumped in front of him. Is this, uh, as disappointing as Jalen Hurts was, I think he's still ahead of Trevor Lawrence. Is that controversial? Oh, close. I, I, I mean, he kind of like... su- he kind of sucked today, so everyone's <laughs> a bit sour on him. But he dragged mm-hmm. that team kicking and screaming to the playoffs.
0: Yeah, like I don't know. Um, uh, yeah, you have to take Trevor, I think. But just that conversation, like you go twelve months ago. That conversation wouldn't even happen. Now it's like it.
1: Yeah, a you'd be place. laughed at.
0: Yeah. Um. But uh, we'll go. We'll go a few more rounds here. So Steph Diggs, uh, four one. You think
1: that's that's fine? Or he's, he's getting yeah, a bit older. Good, Good. Good pick. I think. Um. You know, if you're going after a veteran wide receiver in the draft, good pick.
0: Um, Frank, if Steph Diggs and um, what's his brother's first name? Trayvon.
1: Is that is that right? Yeah.
0: They went one on one. Who's who's winning?
1: Oh, give me Stefan Diggs. Trayvon couldn't cover him.
0: Gee, hot take there. All right, yeah. uh, Steph Diggs. Uh, Kyle Pitts uh, is the second tight end off the board. Is that is that accurate?
1: Yeah, yeah. He's still. He's probably the first tight end off the board even though he was, I don't know, he feel like he's disappointed owners, but he just didn't have any touchdowns. He probably had like mm. essentially a pretty historic tight end season for a rookie, put up a bunch of yards, bunch of catches, just didn't, he's had the one touchdown. So if he gets a few more of those, he would have catapulted himself into a tight end, you know, top five tight end finish. He just fell outside of that. He's he's the real deal. He's exactly, um, you know, what you were looking for. He's exactly as advertised
0: yeah um then it goes aaron jones uh calvin ridley i hope he's hope he's going all right uh deandre swift george kittle do you had it you had a bit of a run here frank here's all your players um talk me through it yeah you're happy with where you where you got them you'd recommend taking them there or um
1: yeah yeah aaron jones deandre swift and what was the other one george kittle George Kittle, yeah, yeah. George Kittle, a little bit disappointing in the last probably three weeks. You know, your fantasy playlist he let you down, but not again. Like not to get around myself. Hell of a pick, DeAndre Swift in what the fourth or fifth round. I'm the man. Yeah, middle, middle
0: of the fourth. That is that is a nice. That's a sharp pick. Would you take? Would you still take Ridley in the fourth, or you think this this has to bump him down a few spots?
1: No, you got to. He's got to. He's got to be. No, like you said, I hope he's doing well, but he's got to be lower than that. You don't know if he's coming back, but there's also That's saying there are also rumors saying that he wants to, you know, get out of Atlanta. He wants to go to a different team, but again, it's all just rumors. You don't know what the goal is, but I don't know where else. I I think he's supremely talented, so I think he can land in pretty much anywhere and still be good. But in Atlanta, he's by a, like by a huge margin the number one. So.
0: Yeah, no, hundred percent. Um, then we got Antonio Gibson, four seven, Devontae Adams, four eight. Uh I think Adams should be way higher. Uh I can't believe he fell this far in our draft, to be honest. But I am out on Gibson at that pick. I think there's so many more running backs taken after him. Like Etienne, Monty, Javante, Joe Mixon. Um, yeah, I think I think Gibson's in that like Josh Jacobs, Miles Sanders. Kind of tier for me, but I don't I don't know where you where you sit on that.
1: Oh, I'd have I'd have Miles Sanders in a lower tier than that. Um, yep. Yeah. Josh Jacobs, Antonio Gibson is probably a very similar tier. I would say it's probably a good way to put it. Um, Donte Adams, yeah, way too low. But I think that was, when we drafted. You got to remember that was like peak. Aaron Rodgers is going to sit out. Aaron Rodgers is getting traded. Oh, that's right. Aaron Rodgers right. isn't going to yeah. play. So yeah, massive discount on draft day. So yeah, really, even with, even the fact that he's 29 years old and he's just, he's just a walking touchdown every week.
0: Mm, If, yeah, if Adams and Rogers stay in green Bay, like if this is just like a pump fake, they're getting traded kind of thing. Yeah. He's going to be a top three receiver until he hangs him up probably like, yeah, they're just, that connection's insane. Um, then moving on, we got JK Dobbins, um, I think he'll come back, maybe maybe bump him down a few spots because um, injury is a bit unknown. And then Jamar Chase, DeAndre Hopkins, Joe Mixon started the fifth round.
1: You're, yeah, the, you're all. The fifth round had some good value, had some good picks there because even JK Dobbins in the fifth round back then was a really good pick. Yeah, JK Dobbins, Jamar Chase, Joe Mixon. What was the other one? D Hop. D Hop, yeah. Know. I don't, D-Hop's probably in the same spot. I'm not as low and some people in the industry are really low on D-Hop and they're super disappointed with the season. He'll be fine. He just missed time. He was injured. I mean, he's normally an absolute warrior, doesn't get hurt, plays every game, but you've got to accept that sometimes players get hurt. I think I I wouldn't be tilting if I were you. I know you own him in our league, Andrew. He'll be it's, fine.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm not worried. and I'm the kind of team that, you know, um, suits having DeAndre Hopkins. If you're like, you know, you don't think you're gonna compete upcoming years, Salim? Because um what is he like he He'd be thirty something now, would
1: No, he's only 20, he's only twenty-eight or twenty-nine. Oh, okay. Twenty-nine tops, Nine. I'm pretty sure. I'm gonna check that. Oh yeah, then then you're probably right. Yeah, he's probably got probably got a bit of juice still.
0: Um Joe Burrow, five five. Charlene had some really good picks, to be honest. Um, just looking at this. But um yeah, Joe Burrow, trust etn DJ Moore, Michael Thomas, Frank. There you go. Back of the fifth round, you took Michael Thomas. What are you, What are your thoughts?
1: Yeah, it's a bit yeah. um, depressing now because I was expecting <laughs> to have him as I made a playoff push. That's part of the reason why I didn't quite go all in. I thought I was going to get him back, um, but surely he's uh he's going to play next year, right, Andy? Like, tell me. Like I just want some reassurance that he's going to play next year. He's going to be on the Saints, the contract, he's not getting traded. The Saints can't cut him, he's getting paid too much money. He's about what a I feel like 4 years removed from his ankle injury. He's got to come back. He'll be the target hog. He's got to be good, doesn't he? Please. Just that's all I want. Just give me the reassurance.
0: Yeah, he'll be back. I just it's been so long since I've seen him. Like I like if we didn't play Dynasty, what two three years ago, he would have been he would have been Dynasty one off the board probably.
1: Oh, he know. was. Yeah, he was going inside the first you know eight picks like consistently. He's really good. Yes. you after that, that's insane. But um, but yes, way too high still. Fifth round's way too high if we were to redo the draft.
0: Oh yeah, no. I uh, oof, gee, I don't know where I'd take him. I I I wouldn't touch him with a ten foot pole. Like I just can't trust that. But um. yeah, I don't, I don't know. You're the Michael Thomas guy. Where would you recommend drafting? Eighth round? Ninth round?
1: Uh, yeah, it doesn't sound – that just sounds okay when you say it like that. But, I, yeah, I wouldn't know who, who'd who be going around him. I mean, he's still ahead of yeah. guys like, like, you know, guys that probably went similar in the draft. He's ahead of Alan Robinson. He's – um. who else could he be ahead of? Hmm. I'm trying to think. Yeah, he's probably similar. Like, it's going to sound, I don't know, maybe because I have him, I'm sort of overrating a little bit. Like, he couldn't be too far behind Amari Cooper, could he? Like, he's in, Amari Cooper's could be, I doubt it, could be cut this offseason. Again, highly doubt it. But he doesn't have a contract going into next year, and he's going to be, you know, 29. And Michael Thomas has had a much higher ceiling. Than Amari yeah, Cooper previously. Last time he played football, he was better than Amari Cooper. So he's mm. a really yeah, tough I- one to rank. You can have him, if you had him way lower than me, I wouldn't blame you. If you had him, you know, even higher, I mean, just about how much I'll, glass half full, glass half empty kind of person.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so that's the first five rounds, Frank. I'll just highlight a few, you know, interesting ones. Um, Deshaun Watson in the sixth round, you all about that now, or are you still? Just uh, avoiding that situation.
1: Yeah, sixth round, probably where he goes. I mean, like he—you didn't get anything out of him this year. But if you're not trying to win, I mean, it's a good pick. But you—you you got nothing. You got nothing this year. So I don't know. There's players that you could have got that would have given you something. But yeah, if you don't need, if you're not trying to win games, go right ahead. Mm. Um, Darren Waller,
0: Austin Eckler went in the sixth round. You still um you know, condoning that pick.
1: Yeah, Eckler probably goes a little bit higher, I'm guessing, because he's in that team yep. similar to, I mean, like Alvin Kamara sort of done it more consistently over his entire career, but oh, is, there much difference, is there much difference yeah. between Eckler and Kamara and Mixon? No? No, you got him you like two him, rounds you'd later. Like,
0: you'd have him like second round, would you? You'd have him way up there. Not second, probably third or fourth. You're probably fourth where you've got I mean, Jackson. Yeah, hard to argue. Like win now, team, go get Austin. He'll be he'll be good for you know two more years. So, um, yeah. Um, Chris Godwin in the seventh. You'd probably have to bump him down now, or
1: oh, he probably ends up. I think he ends up back in the seventh. I think he was going to creep up with the season yeah, he was no, putting together. Right. He was he was a top ten receiver. And then, you know, probably going to get a long-term deal in the off-season, whether it was at the Bucs or whether it was elsewhere, lock him in somewhere as the alpha. But, yeah, ACL probably puts him back into the seventh round. I mean, he would probably be ready for this regular season next year.
0: And then right there with him was Alan Robinson, seventh round through high,
1: or...? (sighs) Burned me, Alan Robinson, way too high. Yeah, He's say, He's took- terrible. I don't even know what I'm going to do with him. I've had a few offers and stuff like that of a couple of teams trying to buy low on Alan Robinson. I might even let him do it. I yeah. don't know. Man. He just looked like he hated football. I would too <laughs> if think- I was coached by. I would too if I was coached by Matt Nagy my quarterback it was you know Andy Dalton for half the year.
0: Yeah. Well, you took um, a Robin Chris Godwin, so. I mean, one good pick, one bad pick.
1: Um, yeah, I know you want to do. It. Andrew, go ahead. I give you permission. Let me know where I took Debo Samuel and traded him to you.
0: Oh, I was gonna bring him up, but he's like too good of a pick to um to uh, bring up. And he, he is so dense. he's so far down this draft board. I think I think you're talking. You're talking it in it's the double 12th digits. Ring?
1: Twelve. Oh, I'm the man. How good am I?
0: Yeah, that's insane. Um. But yeah, so just to highlight some uh picks that happened in our league, uh Cooper Cup went nine six. Oh. Um Jalen Waddell, eight four. That's uh Javante Williams, seven seven, T Higgins, seven six. Um, yeah, listeners, you're not gonna get these players at at this type of range. But um, yeah, that'll that'll do for the um this segment, Frank, which is good to uh reminisce and stuff.
1: Um, yeah, actually- thanks. For that. that was really good. But before we finish up. Yes, go for it. One little takeaway from what you just said. Did we notice that they are all uh rookies or first, second year players? Like young players. They just they just go up in value. Like I mean, you know, it's hard to just accept that you may not win first year out of the gate or second year out of the gate, but you're just accumulating so much value by taking those, you know, those second year players. A bunch of those guys are going to be inside the first 5 rounds now pretty
0: pretty safely i was gonna gonna say we'll start um you know our little what our show is about the um takeaways what you learned and we'll start it with just reading that draft board like what do you think is the um what did you learn from startups or what what should listeners take from this and go forward with it you think it's taking those young players
1: yeah, well, it's this. It's probably a good way to segue into what I wanted to say, actually, Andy. So I think that uh, yeah, my first anyway. lesson, my first lesson that I sort of want to bring um, attention to, is figuring out what your team is before you make any sort of decisions about your personnel. So as you, if you get into a, a fantasy draft, like we're saying. You want to know whether you can put up with, you know, alert, you know, people like myself and Andrew, we love fantasy football and it genuinely gives us pain when we do not win and we lose. So it's hard for us to go into a full rebuild mode. That's why I'm, um, you know, really impressed by Joel being able to do that and, you know, uh, stockpile a lot of young players and picks when he's not winning many games. So the sooner you can identify what team you already got, whether it's a league that you've already been in or whether you plan on drafting young players or drafting veterans to try and win now, that is super crucial because it's going to dictate all of the picks you make. It's going to dictate all of the trades you make. And if that's not clear and you end up in no man's land, you basically just end up mid-table, you know, missing the playoffs or getting eliminated in the first round year after year. And you basically just end up donating, you know, your buy-in every single year so another thing to sort of add on to that is not going all in can cost you a fantasy championship this probably a little bit personal for me i ended up you know getting eliminated in the first round of the playoffs i had a lot of draft capital left over i had an extra first round pick in 2022 two extra second round picks in 2023 some draft capital that would have gotten me some seriously good players. You know, Andrew added the likes of Devontae Adams, you know, halfway through the season. Some really good players that just ended up being the differentiator. And the way he ended up winning the championship, and I was left, you know, finishing in what fourth place in the end. I lost a third place matchup as well. So if I had it gone all in, all in, maybe I had a better chance of winning the championship. Now I end up basically all my players. I got a lot of, you know, win now veterans. I got Ezekiel Elliott, Joe Mixon. Um, You know, Michael Thomas, Chris Godwin now with the injury. But a lot of those players, they're in their prime. They're only getting older now. So I basically lost a year of production and I didn't win my championship. All of my players are a year older. They're worth less than what I paid for them in the draft. And obviously, I've still got that draft capital, hopefully add some talent. But I could miss on those draft picks. But if I would have traded them for Devontae Adams, let's say, to, you know, use Andrew's example, we know how good he is and he, how good he was in the back half of the year. So I think that's really, really crucial. So if you, the sooner you can figure that out, listeners, uh, the sooner you can start making really good informed decisions. So that was a hard lesson I had to learn.
0: Yeah, no, it's, um, it's a great point. And, you know, I just want to... Uh, piggyback that like you know you have to understand your league with that as well so if an opportunity arises where you can go all in because you know half the league wants to tank or maybe three quarters of the league wants to tank because of this upcoming 23 class that you know every man and their dog just wants picks in it so um that's kind of what I saw in our league um I saw you know you were clinging on to those picks um Charlene at the time was tanking and he was like going all in and um, you know, then he was tanking and he went back all in. And he was, you know, jumping around. So it was really only, but and wheels was struggling. He was all in, but he he um he had a bit of un, uh, bad luck, and so I saw an opportunity to really just attack. I got Mark Andrews, uh, Devonta Adams, and everyone knows how how they helped me. So you know, if you can um, read the room kinda and see what direction your lead's going and they really pounce, but don't like leave it too late because if you're what, three and five, you're probably, you know, cooked anyway. So, um, yeah. Exactly. Um, so, you know, trade aggressively to, um, really, you know, get that team that can compete if you can. And if, if you can't like get out and tank like, like Joel did, but you know, it's all about, it's all about, um, reading the league and, um, seeing what you can do. So that's a really good point, Frank. Um, I'll jump in here. Um, I think from reading that draft board, the thing I I learned was that, you know, attaching yourself to good quarterbacks, you know, good coaches, good teams is just so important. Like bad teams are bad and good teams are good. I know it's like so basic to understand, but like it's just, it's just how it works. Like you look at offenses, Cowboys, Bengals, Bucks. like everybody gets this. Like there's there's so many balls to go around in that. And those offenses, like, it doesn't matter how many receivers or options they have, they all seem to work. But if you, like, flip that and you have the Giants, Jets, Jags, like, they could have talent on that team. But if they're struggling, it just doesn't work. Like, they all sucked. Outliers are obviously DeAndre Swift, Brandon Cooks. But, you know, besides that, it was just – it's so, like, um, thick and thin with that. So, you know, the Packers running backs worked out. Patriots running backs worked out because you know it's just good offenses. But with that, you have to identify like the Patriots, for example, they are a heavy like running offense. So get running backs in that in that offense, but don't buy into um wide receivers in that offense. That's just that's just what I learned. And the next thing is like coaching, no matter how bad they are, they won't change. Like Frank, how many times did Seattle run it? and, you know, just let Russ cook, throw it to Metcalf. Like, it, it seems so basic, and it's, like, right there, but they won't do it. Um, you know, Cowboys running backs. So this could be a hot take, but Tony Pollard looks better than Zeke, and they'll still give Zeke, you know, 25 attempts a game. And it's the same thing in Denver, Frank. Like, who looks better at a Melvin Gordon and Javante? It doesn't matter. It's a 50-50 split every time, so... Um, I'd avoid coach like bad coaches, bad teams because bad teams are gonna stay bad. And good teams, if you, atta- you like, imagine t- attaching yourself to Joe Mixon, Joe Burrow, and Jamar Chase right now. Even T. Higgins, like it's just they're gonna be good forever. So um, what I learned was, you know, really attacking good teams, good offenses, good coaching, and yeah, just worry about the rest later.
1: Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think the perfect example is two players that are on Charles Williams' roster. The first one being scary Terry McLaurin and the second one being Devontae Smith. I think we can all agree two exceptionally talented wide receivers and two wide receivers that underperformed from what their talent, you know, shows. I think if they're on, you know, offenses like, like you said, Tampa Bay, um, Dallas those really high-powered offences, they're going to put up way more fantasy points than they would in the situations that were there. Another guy we can add to that list is um DJ Moore in a very similar situation where he's, you know, he still had a very good season. Same with Terry McLaurin, productive, you know, not terrible. And Devontae Smith as well, not terrible. But their ceilings are just capped because of the offences.
0: Yeah, 100%. Like, um, you know, I didn't think Leonard Fournette was very good at football. He goes to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and he's like the man. But Wasn't yes. he like the running back, like five? Uh whatever, you, whatever number you said, wouldn't surprise me. Like he was, he was so good. But um, yes, but yeah, I think you should just invest in good teams, good offenses, and avoid bad coaching. So, uh, so it's it's really hard to do. Like you know, I fell for the Saquon trap and the Brandon Cooks trap. So I was like, you know, but right now it's just. It's really grim having those two. Like, you just don't know what's going to happen. But
1: Even when they're the only option.
0: Yeah, exactly. um, Frank, take us through your number
1: two takeaway. All right, this is my second takeaway of the season. Um, I noticed that, you know, I think everyone experienced, especially going into the season, we had Travis Etienne and Cam Akers wiped out before the season even started. Then, you know, we lost J.K. Dobbins, and then we obviously lost – his replacement in Gus Edwards. We just seemed like we were losing running backs all the damn time. Saquon was injured. Derek Henry got injured. Alvin Kamara missed time. It was just devastating at the running back position all around. I think everyone that plays fantasy football this season um, would 100% agree with that. And I just wanted to look a little bit deeper into that and sort of like how much did that actually impact the you know top 15 players either at the running back or wide receiver position. So I decided on the top 15 because I feel like – When I was looking through the list, the players that were after that, they were really, really good, but they weren't those league winners. Anything sort of top 15 between the two positions and above, if you had two or three of those players on your team, you were most likely winning your championship. That was, you know, your really core pieces that, you know, took teams to fantasy titles. So I had a look to see how many running backs would make up that top 15 on a sort of like a regular season. Um, Over the last five years, there was nine running backs in 2020 out of 15, 12 in 2019, nine in 2018, 12 in 2017, and 11 in 2016. So the majority of top 15 fantasy players were running backs. Running backs were all fantasy football. This year, we only had eight. So that was almost, you know, probably two or three less than we're accustomed to. And it just meant that the wide receivers, you know, they were putting up – they weren't actually putting up more points than they normally would. It was just that the running backs were putting up less points at the top end than they previously were. So I think that it's a lesson that I've learned is obviously injuries happen and we find that injuries happen to running backs more often. But I think this year coming when we have Cam Akers returning, we have Travis Etienne returning, we have J.K. Dobbins, we probably have Javonte Williams, we have Najee Harris, we have DeAndre Swift. We have a massive influx of these young running backs that, you know, probably could slide into that top 15 fantasy options if all things break right for them. Plus, we have the veteran running backs like Joe Mixon, we have Austin Eckler, Alvin Kamara, Derrick Henry, Dalvin Cook, Christian McCaffrey. I've pretty much named another 15 running backs that, you know, are going to score big, big fantasy points over this next coming season. So I think it could be a good opportunity that if there's teams that are, you know, really, really low on the running back position as a whole, there's always that one guy in the dynasty league that is just like all in on wide receivers and hates running backs and thinks that they're broken and they don't put up fantasy points. The stats say otherwise. The stats say that running backs are who win you fantasy titles. They put up the most points and it's a risky game. You know, you can get seriously burnt. If you lose, you know, your top two top 10 running backs, your season's washed, but you're probably not going to win unless you have two top 10 running backs in your fantasy lineup. And, you know, the stats show that. It's pretty simple. They end up being majority of the top 15 finishers. So I think that's a lesson that I've learned, that investing in good workhorse running backs is still the best way to go about fantasy football. I don't like to buy into the fact that, oh, the NFL's becoming more of a passing league. I think that just means they're also throwing more to the running back. So they're using that player and as well as, you know, giving there's still plenty of runs being done by all the teams in the NFL. So I don't think there's anything to worry about that they're moving away from the running backs uh position. I just think they're moving away from the traditional running back, despite how dominant Derrick Henry is. Would you agree with that, Andrew? Are you you're are you or are you the wide receiver guy in the league? Are you the guy that wants to bind to all the wide receivers?
0: Um, yeah, so I went into this this year. Um, I don't want to say I tanked running back, but like I just um, you know, dynasty, I was the guy that thought that you know quarterbacks, wide receivers um, lifespan is longer, so I'm gonna you know attack that. Um I obviously got lucky with all the you know top end guys getting injured, but that kind of what the risk you take with just hammering running backs. so you know, I don't want to say I'm you know team zero r b, but I just think when you have guys like this, Frank, that finish in the top, you know, twelve running backs like James Connor, Leonard Fournette, Cordarrelle Patterson, uh, uh, Damien Harris. Um, who else was it? Elijah Mitchell. Like you can really find talent Like, C Pat, shout out C Pat. He was good. Um, you know, it's it's just crazy how because. Do you find that there's always a running back on the waiver wire that just pops up?
1: Or is that just me? Yeah, there's there's always one. There is always one. You know, back in the day we remember Jordan Howard popping off.
0: Yeah, like there's Joe Ho, J. Rob last year, CPAT this year, Elijah Mitchell this year. Like I just think what you said is absolutely right. Like if you can really lock down that running back position, like there's it's insane the advantage you get. But it's just You know, a guy can blow out his Achilles, and you know, it's just so hard to recover from. But it's um, I'll lean into mine. See, I have a different approach, Frank. So I think the quarterback position is actually um, what you should invest in dynasty. I'm more talking, you know, superflex six point passing uh, leagues, which is our league. uh, We're team superflex. um, You know, I really, I really recommend uh, dynasty uh, leagues playing super flex, six point passing touchdown, because um, you know, quarterbacks are the most I mean, we'll we'll do another show on this, like what rules you should have, but um and if your league is like this, I think, you know, attacking quarterback early in drafts is just the way to go because if you can like lock down I don't know, if right now if you could lock down Josh Allen and Justin Herbert as your like um two quarterbacks, if you don't like comprehend how much better your team is than someone that has Carson Wentz and Derek Carr, like, it's it'd be insane the um, the advantage you have because this year alone, uh, the number 10 quarterback was 23 points per game, and then you just drop that slightly to number 14 quarterback with 17 points per game. The difference was Joe Burrow, who was uh, number 10, and Derek Carr, who was number 14. And, like, I had Derek Carr. He was fine. But when I lost, so this is how I learned this. I I had um, Dak Prescott and Russell Wilson as my quarterbacks, and Russ Russ was kind of bad, but he he was good in uh, in at the end there and really helped me out. But when I lost Dak and Russ, and I had to play Derek Carr and Baker Mayfield, I was bleeding games like no other. Like I think quarterbacks in this dynasty, if you can just lock them in, young quarterbacks. I just think it's, it's the bigger advantage than running backs right now, Frank. Um, I don't know if you agree or you don't agree, but um, I definitely think quarterback and running back is is the most valuable because um, wide receiver is so deep. Like, you can get so much talent down the draft board. But, um, yeah, I think if you can lock down quarterback, lock down running back, uh, I think you'll be set. So that's, that's what I've learned.
1: Yeah, I definitely uh, don't yeah, disagree with that. Bro. Because the your quarterback position, especially in a six-point passing touchdown league, then give you a massive advantage. I think the way you explained it with the difference between Joe Burrow at ten and Derek Carr at fourteen, I think that perfectly sums up the point we're trying to make. That you know you would think, oh, the difference between you know the quarterback ten and the quarterback fourteen in a super flex league isn't going to make that big of a difference, but if you're trying to make up you know fifteen to twenty points on your opposition because they've got, like you said, they've got Josh Allen and Kyler Murray, let's say. They're going to be next to impossible to catch with the rest of your team. So I think investing in those quarterbacks early in your draft is probably the easiest way to do it. Trading for those players is incredibly difficult if you have a league that, you know, values the quarterback position. I think it would be, I don't know what I would have to give up if I wanted to trade for Josh Allen off of Berjo, but it would just be so, so much because they are so valuable. Yeah. yeah,
0: exactly. Um, that's the point. Like in a rookie draft, if you if you take uh, Matt Corral, Kenny Pickett, and they show anything early, like you could get so much for them. Like in Dynasty, and it's just the value of that quarterback position in these leagues in Superflex, six point passing touchdown leagues. Like quarterbacks, so valuable because once like there's only thirty two, and once the draft happens, and you and just say you've drafted. Wentz, Carr, Tannehill, all fine in in uh, you know redraft leagues because you know you can hit the waiver wire if they're if they're shit and you can just get someone else. Like you could get uh, who was really good. Like you could get Jalen Hurts. Um, you could get I don't know Mac Jones. He could fill in a couple of weeks. Jimmy G. But if you if you're locked into them in Dynasty right now, it's just a tough road ahead. And um, I think you should really just lock down that quarterback position. And not even think about it.
1: Yeah, even in uh, a um, – not as quite as heavily invested. I had um, Kyler Murray, obviously, took him with the fourth overall pick, so highly invested there. But my second quarterback was Jalen Hurts so that I ended up taking, I believe it was, you know, eighth to tenth round or something like that. Um, don't hold me to that. But those two players, they carried me for weeks and weeks on end because they would – you'd get 25 points per game out of them in a six-point-plus point plus touchdown league. And if my opposition didn't match that, they would – I was next to impossible to beat, and Andrew would have found the same thing when he had Dak and Russell Wilson when they had big weeks. If you get big yeah, weeks from your quarterbacks, you it's so hard to get beaten.
0: Yeah, you rarely lose when if they both go for like twenty five plus. Like it's it's really hard to lose. Um, but Frank, I just want to ask you. I don't know if it's a if it's another lesson learned. I might be throwing in a a bonus fifth one, but I think dynasty you should. You'd almost value depth over top end talent. Like it's, it's like different to redraft. Um, do you agree, disagree, or what are you thinking?
1: Uh, that's so hard because I disagree, but this year with the running, with so many running backs going down, like I made the argument about running backs before, with so many going down, it appears that depth would have been like a massive, massive advantage this season. I just don't know whether that will repeat or not. I'm always a proponent of having top end talent. But at the same time, I lost in the first playoff and I didn't have depth. I had the, you know, the last three, my last three flex spots in my lineup were really poor and gave me like a total of 10 points. And that's the difference between me winning and losing. So it's hard to um, make that call when I, especially since I've been burnt by it. So maybe you're right, you know. If we're looking at my team, it would appear that you're right. Yeah. But I just yeah, don't well, believe that philosophically, if that makes sense. We're getting very deep about fantasy football here.
0: Yeah, we are. But, you know, I just think every player has a has a sell window. I don't know if I'm making sense here, but if you can cash out on Cooper Cup right now, Najee Harris right now, um, JT right now, I know that could be blasphemous, me saying this, but I think you do it if you get a really, like, deep hole. If you get – if you, like – because dynasty rosters are so long. Like, they're so – like, there's – how many how many starters do we have to fill out? like, 14? Like, it's just – it's ridiculous. So, um, JT is awesome. Like, he's, you know, probably RB1, lock it in for the next three years. But, um, yeah, I just think don't be scared to sell that really big guy because um, if you can get a really deep roster – you know, especially with COVID, I don't know how long this COVID's going to linger. I and mean, injuries and stuff. Um, I just think depth is awesome because if you like, I had like Melvin Gordon, who I I didn't want to start, but he became valuable for me, like just plugging in and you know playing his role. So, like, uh, yeah, I think I learned that depth is, we'll say, just as important as top top end talent. Frank, has that?
1: Yeah, just as important. Yeah. I think so to go about it um i've got two things to say actually are you just are you quietly trying to plant a seed that you want to buy jonathan taylor off me and secondly i think depth is important but i don't think you have to have depth at the beginning of the season so remember when you were talking about how you took advantage of situations that came up in the league where teams decided to pack it in and you were able to buy devontae adams being able to pull the trigger at the right time is so crucial because I don't think it's worth paying up for depth that you don't need. If you play in a really um, active league, you can make a trade on any given week. Okay. If you're not playing in leagues like that, it's not worth it. So, cause I know that we play in a really, really good league and I'm so happy about it because if there's an injury that happens on my team, I know that I can message any single person in the league and I'm going to get a response and see if I can trade a player. And I think that's important. So I don't know about pay, yeah, paying up beforehand. I'm not a fan of, but paying up if you need the depth after the fact, I think is a good idea. But you do have to make sure you have enough value on your team. So that's why I think value accrual is so important.
0: Yeah, well, um, 100%. Do you, do you agree with like selling, selling you know, uh, Messiah players, like the absolute, you know, can't touch players at their highest peak? Or do you think right amount? Like... We'll we'll get, um you know, roulette table here. Frank, do you, do you ride the red heater or do you, do you get off when you can? You you take your money?
1: Um, that's so hard for me to say because I'm the Jonathan Taylor owner. I would if I wasn't in a position to win the league next year, if that makes sense. Yeah, okay. so it's like, it's yeah, yeah, it's really hard. It's because I it's could probably team. go out and get three first-round picks for Jonathan Taylor and then probably and then some. But at the same time way more than that right now. Yeah, it's just like he's a game breaking running back. Like I think he's, you know, him and him, Christian McCaffrey and Derrick Henry in a league of their own when everyone's healthy and, you know, firing.
0: I mean, like just I know it's a bad example, but Christian McCaffrey two years ago, if you had a soul, you'd be laughing right now. But it's just it's really hard to do because it can it can blow you up. But like the way I'm saying it, I'm I'm like suggesting you should sell Jamar Chase, but then that's so stupid because he could just be the next next big thing for what he'd have like twelve more years in this league, probably longer. So yeah, it's really hard. You have to you have to really nail the time to sell and and buy. But yeah, the thing I, the thing you learn if you when you play Dynasty is that windows arise like injuries happen like Cam makers. Get it. like when he went down, get it. um, communicate with that can makers guy because tilting happens, windows open, windows shut. Um, so you just have to understand when to attack and when to not attack, I guess, Frank.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, think, I think, um, that like 27 year old wide receiver is like kind of like a really good spot. Maybe I sold a little bit early on someone like. Debo Samuel where I I like the philosophy of taking you know 25 to 27 again devo little you know 25 is a bit young maybe a little bit older so let's say you had Stefan Diggs last year and you decided to trade him for you know you probably could have got Chris Godwin on his after his down year and like a first round pick or honestly like that much that's how like valuable Stefan Diggs Diggs was at the beginning of last season you, you're absolutely winning that trade because you probably, you know, what if you took Jalen Waddle in the first round with that? And Jalen Waddle's, yeah, you know, so, single so is probably worth more than slightly. this.
0: Yeah, so downgrade slightly, but get, get younger and then get a draft pick on top.
1: Yeah, and you so. still get that production. That was the thinking I did when I acquired Keenan Allen and that first round pick. I felt like I was getting, you know, 90% of Debo Samuel. In reality, it's probably more like 70% because Debo Samuels is just a different animal. But if I can nail this first-round pick, what if Drake London becomes, you know, yeah, what, I if, you know what if um, Garrett Wilson ends up being just as good as Debo Samuels and I've absolutely smashed that trade. It's a big yes. if, but I think I'm mitigating my risk there and I'm also cashing in on a player that's gone up in a lot in value.
0: Yeah, the thing is, like, I make fun of you for that trade all the time because, you know, Debo was awesome and and I ended up winning from it. But you don't know because Debo could be injury-prone again. Like, you don't know if you win dynasty trades until three years down the line. So, And I'm fully prepared for this. Frank Keane and Alan to get back to his best and you to draft, like, I don't know, Chris Alave and him be the next big thing. So it's... um. It's fun, and you know you, you do learn a lot, and I, I like this series. We'll we'll keep doing it. But to close the show, Frank, our league update. Um, you have been in the uh the, the what do they call it the trade, the trading room. The um you've been very active. So uh, talk us through the trade you just did, and yeah, we'll discuss that.
1: Yeah, so this happened just yesterday. So I was in um contact with Burjo as always. He loves the trade. He's froths it all the time. Um. And I was also watching the uh, Raider ba- Raiders Bengals game as well, so I was actually watching a certain player for the Raiders, Josh Jacobs. He looked really good. Like I hate, it looked, it kind of looked like. I got ahead of myself watching the game and how well he was performing. Um, But also sort of, if I saw something I liked, which I did when I was watching the game, I did a little bit more research, did a bit more digging. And I had a good look at Josh Jacobs and I realized, you know, he's only 23 years old. He'll be 24 coming into the season. So he's actually younger than rookie running back Najee Harris. And I want our listeners to remember that Najee Harris was the backup to Josh Jacobs at Alabama. So let's be clear that Josh Jacobs is a better running back than Najee Harris in my mind. But I think Najee Harris gets all the work. Let's If we're talking dynasty value here, it's not even the same stratosphere as Najee Harris. But if we're talking talent-wise, I think Josh Jacobs is a better running back talent. They also threw him the ball a whole lot more. So each year his receptions have actually increased every single year and he ended up getting a bunch of targets. Jalen Rashad barely saw the field this year, which was um, really good to see. I think Josh Jacobs is the better running back. I think he can handle the workload. He does get banged up a little bit, but he does manage to stay on the field. So I was able to get that running back, hopefully for the next probably three years. I'm thinking he has a fifth-year option for, I believe it's, not ne- not next season, the season after. He has a fifth-year option. So hopefully they pick that up. And if they don't, it's possible that they re-sign him or he gets signed somewhere else. I don't think he would get signed anywhere else to not be the workhorse. I don't think he would get signed as a complimentary piece. I think he's proven in the NFL that he's good. Um, he finished in his first few seasons. So I believe he finished as the running back 21 in his first season. He also finished as the running back 8 the next season. And he finishes the running back 11 this season. So I think he's very, very underrated in terms of that. So the fact that I only had to pay a 2024 first-round pick, can we just like contextualize how far away that pick is? That's three seasons from now. Burjo won't even have a player for three seasons and I get Josh Jacobs for the next three years. If he signs a four-year extension in Las Vegas... And he's the guy for four years, even if he's not that good and he finishes the running back 15. I get to plug him in my lineup every week for the next three years. Like, I, there's, there's just the risk-reward ratio there is, I feel like it's totally in my favor. Um, you know, maybe in six years' time, we find out that that first-round pick ends up being, you know, the next top five wide, dynasty wide receiver. But that's probably the only way i lose. Would you agree with that, Andy?
0: Yeah, 100%. Like, I'm not the biggest Josh Jacobs guy. I'd probably have Clyde over him, ETN over him, Dobbins over him. I don't know if, these, if this is hot takes or not, but, like, Monty's probably over him for me. Um, I'd have AJ Dillon over him, I think. But, you know, I think Berger's falling into the trap of, you know, getting obsessed with draft picks because, you know, he's looking at his aging team and he's like, oh, shit, I need to I need to sell everybody. But that's just... I don't know. I think he's better off trying to run it back and and win again. But um, I don't know. He's he's fallen into the trap of you know value value valuing uh, future draft picks way too way too heavily. And um, I think you've you've won that trade because you know Jacobs isn't going to be a top ten running back. I hope you know that. But he's going to be you know in that fifteen to twenty range for the next three four years. So and then Burjos player will just be coming on. So, um, yeah, you've definitely won that, trade.
1: Yeah, like I don't need him to be, you know, everything for my team. I've got Jonathan Taylor, DeAndre Swift, Joe Mixon, Ezekiel Cam Akers, and Josh Jacobs. Like, I mean, if he ends up being my running back six, I think I'm laughing. Like, I've got really, really strong depth there.
0: Yeah, that that running back room is actually actually real scary. Like, I need Debo um, to get some running back eligibility for me to um, compete with that. But you know, you obviously got better as a team, and um, I think I think the podcast will be competing again next year. Touch wood, Frank. So yeah, yeah I'll
1: we'll see you, in you. I'll see
0: you in the um, granny. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, that, that's all we got today, guys. Um, thank you. Hopefully. You Learn something as well, and you can reflect on the year that it has been. And um, yeah, hopefully, me and Frank talked um, a bit, a bit about our league, but then a bit you know you could uh, reflect on your league as well and and learn the same kind of things. So, uh, Frank, what's going on in your week? Anything
1: exciting? Nothing at all, mate. Straight back to work tomorrow, and then uh, yeah, pretty regulation week. Probably go out on the weekend, so that'll be nice. Anything exciting yeah. in the life of the Amors?
0: Um, no, I'm heading back to the US this week, so we'll um we'll set up camp back there and keep the podcast going. Hopefully, so yeah, um, all good, all good here.
1: Perfect. I'm looking forward to it, mate. You have a great night, and thanks again, Bye. listeners, for tuning in. Have a lovely one.
0: All uh, right, thank you. Thank you for listening to the Fantasy Addict Dynasty Podcast. Follow the podcast on Instagram at NFL Fantasy Addict. And be sure
1: to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts or Spotify to make sure you don't miss a second of the action.